Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Chumash, Keech, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land we're recording this podcast on, and pay our respects to the elders, both past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, threw a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly, we're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather, together we're weirder, we're weirder together. I'm pumped up today. Are you? Well, I'm feeling, I had a bit of a cold, I'm feeling better, I'm also feeling opinionated. Okay. I mean, just the, I don't know, it was at the coronation. It's like this whole, it's triggering, man, I'm telling you. As an Australian, give give it to me. Well, did you, how did you find it, firstly? I mean, what's your, because I'm interested, I live in America here. I'm like, wh- Americans' fascination with royalty is different, too. Yes, I think that there are some Americans who just don't pay attention and don't care. And then there are some that um, have, uh, are taken with it. Maybe because it's, you know, showbiz, it's like famous people. Maybe it's the socialite set in America who like it. So just like a celebrity culture, basically. Yeah, maybe it's that Disney princess, you know, fantasy or something. I don't know. Uh, For me, I think all I was very much into fantasy and it it comes into that fantasy kind of world before you really think about what it means. Um, People throw it in the history bus that it's a part of that it's like kind the of history bus where's, meaning where's just the like bus a, i just mean that I or mean, the history buffs wait are the buffs on the bus yeah i guess i was yeah. just saying that some but but it's also um you know brainwashed history of course and so my again i talk about my daughter a lot but she influences me a lot she's helping me uh get unbrainwashed mm. myself because i uh tend to you know look at the kind of one side of it those side the the, you know and and england is known to be incredible with their publicity and what their optics what they present you know how things look their comms departments yes and so i've been um a victim of that (laughs) yeah no so you felt you felt particularly when you were younger you felt a empathy or a fascination fascination i would say and um you know taking princess diana and all she did for um for the for people who had aids you know i think that i'm trying to kind of get unbrainwashed see americans who are fascinated with it i almost have more sympathy for because i don't think they've lived or grown up with the reality of what a monarchy or a commonwealth really means right like being colonized but i mean america's you know well america's got its own troubled history but it doesn't but maybe it's not the call i mean well i mean yeah america's twisted af so i have more sympathy for americans because i do view it as almost like the same way it's like a national inquirer thing it's like the way they are just fascinated with celebrity and whatever australians who have bought into this coronation, I am completely 
perplexed by and it. who would that be just the old an old set no or? it's not even it's like there, look there was a big you know within the music world there was sort of a big controversy this week with nick cave who went to the coronation oh. and nick cave is someone who is sort of an exemplar of kind of australian intellectual thought and you know always been forward thinking and independent and anti-authoritarian and so a lot of people got their feathers quite ruffled with it And what was interesting is when he got challenged about it, he came out with this defense of like, it's just going to be so weird. I have to see it. I love it. But but I also heard someone commented that um, Nick Cave's wife, Susie, has a great fashion label. And she's actually one of Kate Middleton's favorite labels. So there was some sort of politics. And I would almost have respected it more if he'd just been straightforward about it. He'd been like, look. Kate loves my wife's clothes. She invited us. We're going as her guests. I and it was like a business meeting. It. But right, right. but I just found it was like... To pretend that it's okay, just like to try to say, well, this is the good. And It's crazy to think that Nick Cave may be having a jump the shark moment, but this could very well be it where I think a lot Aww. of people that put him on a pedestal for his thought. And he's... Look, I love Nick Cave. He is articulate, artistic, always interesting, just intriguing. But I think... If you've grown up in Australia where, particularly over the last 30 or 40 years, where there's just been this growing awareness um, and a broadening conversation of the genocide committed against the Indigenous people of Australia and how we have a lot of wrongs to right historically. And they're, they're wrongs that can't be righted, but they're ones we at least have to educate ourselves and acknowledge I just find it to be like the, I see the royal family and I share like with most of my musician friends they're a crime family. Yeah. Like, it's much like a mafia, Don and and his offspring. You know, there was a really good... Mark Fennell did a really good series about uh, the jewels and artifacts that have been stolen by the royal family. It was like a mini-series that was really interesting. I forget what it's called, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I just think there's been this awareness that this is like a... You know, it was an imperialist culture that just raped and pillaged their way around the world. And the idea that even though there's been like some spin on it and it's basically had a PR facelift, I do not believe that this is an institution that we should be continuing to prop up. I've got this clip of um Robert Smith from The Cure recently. Can I play it for you? Yes. I hate royalty. I hate the idea of, well, like, of uh, any kind of like hereditary privilege is just it's wrong it's not just the game it's not just anti-democracy it's just like inherently wrong what upsets me is that pe- some people who i've actually admired down the years get offered a, a reward by the royal family by hereditary monarchy and and they take it they become lord or sir or like anything like they're honestly like if i ever accepted i'm never gonna get one but i, I would honestly cut off my own hands before i go because how dare they presume that they could give me an honor like, i'm much better than them they've never done anything they're fucking idiots i should be king <laughs> i mean talk about someone who's just getting cooler with a I Robert know, and Smith who's, who's on who it. Who recently t- took away their knighthood or sir? Somebody took it away and said, "I'm with all due respect, I have to, 
you know, Look, take that away. is the right thing. The right thing to do is to politely decline in the same way that, like, well, maybe, you could be a conscientious objector and not yeah, go to Vietnam I mean, and fight. I mean, I think it's sort of almost like you get fascinated with people you see a lot, like reality shows or whatever. Like, we've seen this family. Of course, you're going to feel warmly towards certain aspects of, like, you know, Queen Elizabeth had... Qual- certain qualities that were really nice. Yeah, my heart is not... I don't have hatred for them as people the way Robert Smith is talking about it. Like, I, I don't feel a bitterness towards them as human beings. And, of course, they have positive characteristics the same way you could say Al Capone was courageous. You know, sure. of course, like, you can always find or, positive or, things to um, say. Who is the drug... Certain drug lords are, like, nice parents in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, exactly. Oh, they love their children. But, but I think we're living in a world where we have more information and more connectedness and compassion and understanding. And I just think for artists who are the people who should really be pushing culture forward and thought forward to be getting behind this nonsense is like... Well, a, it's you know, anything that you make one leader a kind of... You just project that something's going to save you and make things right. And the royal family you know, have a structure and be- people just hope that, well, this means something. And yeah, mommy and daddy are going to save us and look after us. Yeah. Wait, let me ask you a question, though, because yes. there's the, the, what Robert Smith was talking about was sort of the Venn diagram between that and the Nepo baby conversation sort of overlaps, right? Oh, about right. hereditary yeah, yeah, yeah. talent or fame. Or, like yours, you have a famous dad. Yeah. And a lot of your friends have like rock star parents. How do you feel about that? About the, well, listen, the whether it's the good or the bad, the attention that comes. Also, with being, the interesting yeah. thing is when Kate, my daughter, was trying to kind of deprogram me to really see what the royal family, because I know so much of. I'm like you know a royal family buff. Like I on the I've, bus, you're on the bus. I'm on the bus. I'm <laughs> You've a been buff. on the bus. I'm a buff on the bus. But she said that like this line is not even the the line like if you really trace the line of the royal family it would be like a, a farmer out in the country or something like i don't know she was sort no, of that's saying true, but i'm interested in your personal okay, my you, personal you have thing. a bloodline too like I you do. Get, you've um, got a certain amount of attention i mean because, when i'm but did you get pushback like when you started acting and getting roles was there you know there are other people who got off buses from I tried to use everything everything I could could, get, baby. (laughs) I mean, I really like when when the first movie um, talking to the director, you know, Tim Hunter about my name, he said, I think you should keep Leech because my last name because people will connect you to your father. But meanwhile, my father has one Donovan. It's not even Donovan Leach. But he and I, we were all trying to use all we could. But I I don't know. I think for some people, if they, I didn't grow up, uh, you know, I grew up with a struggling single mom. So I think, but I know that some people drop their last name when they, they do perceive it would, it would look like they were too much of a Nepo baby. But yeah, I I guess I feel like uh, for me, I could, I wanted to take everything I could because I felt I had, I didn't have much support, you know, and also my education wasn't going well. And I guess and- also because your dad didn't really like, wasn't actively involved in raising you. It felt like that was something that you could inherit from him. Yeah. That I'm he- sure. it helped you along. Yeah. You know? Like my it, brother yeah. naming his kid Donovan. I think right. it was sort of like 
anything that can connect me to this long lost father. But anyway, yeah, I, I, is that the answer you wanted? I, I didn't have an answer I wanted. I was just curious because there is a connection. Like Robert I, Smith I, is yeah. saying anything hereditary he's yeah. kind of opposed to. I mean, he sees I, it as like I, I want, I want to, because I think I just view, I feel very invisible or when I was young, I did. And so, yeah, I feel kind of invisible. So when I like to, you know, just sort of, I never perceive people think I'm f- famous or, you know, so I kind of want to draw attention to anything I can, like that I've, I want to, rem- you know, I don't want to remind people, but I perceive people don't remember I'm an actor or that I'm fabulous. So I want. So Charles is probably going through something similar as he puts on that big crown. Uh, He's like, crazy. remember who I am. Yeah, well. Yeah. You know who I am? Uh, do you know who I think I am? Exactly. I'm curious, what do you think about what Azalea Banks said about Australia? Oh, man. Yes. So for those who don't know, Azalea Banks has been in an ongoing feud with Australia since she got, I guess, underpaid by some dodgy club promoters. And she cut loose yesterday on Instagram with a provocative statement. It's always provocative with Azalea Banks. I've got some excerpts from it. She called Australia the most culturally stale white nation on the planet. She said the music that comes from Australia is unimportant. And then she interestingly said Australians miss the correlation between the government's purposeful ethnic cleansing of native people and their inability to produce music anyone cares about. Now, I got to say, with everything Azalea Banks says, there is truth in it. She's perceptive. It's also confusing and not all entirely true. Uh, Look, the basics of this statement are true. Anywhere that mistreats their indigenous people will have a more stale culture. And Australia, you know, I grew up in Australia and it was a very homogenized white culture. But it's not just music and art that's affected. Like, I believe that when you silence the indigenous voice in a country, it goes hand in hand with like unchecked capitalism, destroying the climate, uh, misogyny, like all kinds of other offenses. Um, So basically what she's saying is like, pretty much true, I would agree with. However, I think she's also displaying American cultural imperialism, where she's only judging cultural value based through the lens of American eyes. And I think American-centric thinking is like so many American artists are guilty of that. It's basically capitalist imperialist thinking where unless you are actively lauded by the culture here and contributing to the GDP, what you're doing has no value. And I think that's pretty fucked up because art doesn't only exist or have value when it's valued by America. I think art can exist in tiny micro subcultures and in community centers and in smaller, more fragile ways that this type of thinking doesn't at all value. We can't only value culture if America values it. Of course, I'm a total hypocrite. I didn't stay in Australia building cultural micro-communities. I came to play the big game and came to America because I fell in love with American culture. But as I've grown and matured, I've realized that that's not the only way of looking at art. So basically, I just wanted to say, uh, as always with Azalea Banks, um, thank you and fuck you for making me think. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. And let's give someone else a chance to stand on the soapbox in Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park, if you get that reference. Yeah, it's kind of like that everyone should have the opportunity, if you want to be, um, you know, a winner, you know, but what if you just want to not be, uh, you know, scared 
of getting arrested because you have black or brown skin. Just like, and or, you just want to be just like. But all wanting to make art in a small community environment that isn't based on winning the whole game. Yeah, you just want to have have like a peaceful life and not have to worry. But the pressure you because you have to show the world you're this great, you know, as a fuck you, you know, some people. Well, you have to win. Yeah, it's like I just want to not be afraid. Together we're leader, we're winning together. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Speaking of having a lovely life with no worries <laughs> to shift gears, <laughs> we did have a very fun afternoon a couple of days ago. We went to the Muzak Rocks Benefit, which is hosted by Donick Carey, who is a, a comedy writer. Who he, he does this every year at his house, and it's raising money for after-school programs for uh, public school kids to, to do what music a cool programs. Name, yeah, D-O-N-I-C-K. I love that. And um, it was, so I DJed. It was a yeah, DJ yeah, dad Yeah, your first set. gig. It was kind of my first gig. And I think I kind of like, I kind of pulled oh, it, it off. it was great. Yeah. I love because you're always provocative. Like, <laughs> it's like you always give the, the, you know, you give the things people are like, oh, right, that's great. It's something for everyone, but there's also parts that are like kind of out there and then parts where you're like, oh, no, is this going to be to this or that but it's kind of bold i had some good serenity now samples you know I from seinfeld that. and thank god for you and nina oyama down the front it was you know it was in a yard in the daytime and you guys were you yeah because you had up. one I of the first some, openers yeah. you were like buttering yeah. up the crowd yeah and by the end of the night it was like a mini music festival and you guys were giving like good DJ groupie energy down the front, oh, which is yeah. very, you know, I know. It boost it was, my self esteem. It was really fun. And then there was a great, you did a Whitmore Thomas song called Big, baby. big I'm a Big Big Baby. I am a big, big baby, although I look like a guy. You are a big baby too, and I'm about to tell you why. Mommy was a big, big baby. Daddy was a big baby too. Big brother was an even bigger baby, wore a size 13 baby shoe. It's easy to be a baby. Are you gonna do and that brought out David Wayne. David Wayne just like he'd been like setting up his gear or something, and he as soon as he heard that song, he came down onto the dance floor and just threw it down. He did the perfect was comedic but soulful, authentic. Not just comedic like I'm going to make you laugh, but like a com that perfect combo of comedy plus soul. It was amazing. And then Waxahachie did a great set. Oh, who I'm that a was big great. fan of Kenny Crutchfield and. David Wayne's band did a cover set that was really good. With, I think it was um, a, oh, a cover set with uh, yeah, had, the Cars. Uh, yeah, and Springsteen songs. And then yeah, yeah. the No Doubt band, minus Gwen, got up and played basically a set of No Doubt songs with kids from the after school program singing. Yes, 
Just a girl and don't. And what's speak his and name again? He's Tony Canal. Tony Canal is so handsome. The bass player, yeah, yeah, he's beautiful like, man. I mean, he's always been a beautiful man, but he's kind of even like more beautiful these days. He reminds me of Pat. He looks like Pat Smear, Smear, Smear a little. No, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Pat Schmear, his Yiddish name. <laughs> <laughs> but he like looks like um yeah he's like a what's it called a matinee idol. Yeah, he, it was it was it was excellent when we hung out. Um, Kate McCucci and Jake Sinclair were there. And I played Joe a lot Long of and- making um, pies with a fig tree with Kate <laughs> McCucci's little son who could, you know, we were in a basically a mini music festival and he was a little kid and he, he, uh, he sort of picked up a seven-year-old girl and we all made fake pies under a tree. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah. And so we had a really, just really fun afternoon. So people can, people can go to our Instagram and check out some videos from that and also just check out the charity. Yeah. It's a great M- organization. M- music, music rocks. I think yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a good and, charity. Um, and we were hanging out with Nina Oyama, who's going to be a guest on the pod later in the week. Yeah. So that'll be good. How about Daphne's birthday party yesterday? Yeah, we nearly uh our friend Daphne Javich, hardcore beautiful baby. Hardcore beautiful baby. We yeah, she we we scared her. Her husband organized a little surprise afternoon toast and cake and we were all waiting in her living room. And then you went on her um what's it called the back the thing where you hang upside down but then oh yeah the inversion you machine. went to yeah i got a little you nauseous. went i'm always nervous because ben <laughs> you go really hard with things like you'll walk in the sun for one or two hours after like being flying back to and from australia and then i'm always or when you lost your voice and then you were reading a whole book to goldie and we had a fight because I was like, save your voice. Let me read. And you thought I just... No half measures in Ben Lee world. So I'm trying to protect you. But you... Yeah. But Daphne had a really fun surprise party. And you scared the crap out of her. Yeah. She like (laughs) flew into the kitchen because we were in the living room and did not come out of the kitchen for five minutes (laughs) while you were holding a guitar. Ready to sing. I wanted you to sing. In Australia, they sing, first she's a jolly jolly good fella. Yeah, people weren't feeling it. We suggested it. Everyone was like, ha ha, that's a cultural curiosity. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they're like, that's too British. And also, we are approaching next week. We have officially been doing this beautiful for one year baby of episodes. Beautiful baby birthday. Yeah. Our beautiful baby's turning one yeah. birthday. So we're going to have some, a couple special episodes next Not week Not our real baby, but our, our um, podcast baby. Our pod baby. So, hey, if anyone wants to send a voice note to this pod, they can always do that at weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com and they can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I wanted to, I've been kind of like digging deep into my Spotify catalog and just like, because I realized like I've made so many records and a lot of people know like a few of my songs, but they don't know a lot of them. Yeah. So I've just been like into, so I thought I'd just bust out something from the catalog yeah. and tack it onto the end of this episode. So this is a song from my album Ripe. And it's a duet I did with Mandy Moore, and it's called Birds and Bees. And it was a very, uh, almost um, unintentionally early LGBTQ plus uh, anthem. Full oh, of, right. Well, birds and Bees, songs like these, Birds and Birds and Bees and Bees. We oh, want yeah. what we you want. It's natural, baby. Uh, mixing it up songs. Yeah, so, um, so I'm going to put that on the end of this episode now, and people, I'll put the link in. People can get on Spotify and have a listen to it later. Audience, we crown you a beautiful baby. The coronation of the beautiful babies. We love you. I get the feeling 
Everyone's feeling the same Like somebody somewhere should be calling their name Praying in churches or out in the club Everyone's looking, looking for It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.